Well, you know we're uh, celebrating Veterans Day this uh, this week, and what I'd like to do is uh, ask you how many of you are a veteran or or a, a family. There's a veteran in your family. Would you just raise your hand? Would you stand up if that's you? If you're a veteran or you have a veteran in your family, would you stand up? Let's just give these folks a great applause. And before you sit down, we're going to ask a blessing upon you. Father, we thank you for the men and women who have served our country for the freedoms that we greatly appreciate. Thank you for the families of those veterans, Lord, who also made great sacrifices, Lord, in being away from family members and loved ones. Lord, we just take this moment right now to remember them. We know lots of times we have forgotten. We ask you to bless the veterans, bless the families, each and every one, and draw them closer and closer to yourself. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, uh, if you didn't know, I'm actually Pastor Ron Thomas, and uh, I don't know, we've been gone for three, four, five, six, I forgot how many weeks it's been now, but we had the privilege of spending uh, a good bit of time with our Marine, Benjamin, down at Camp Lejeune, and uh, visit some family while we were down there, but it's good to be back, and uh, you know, somebody turned the temperature down up here, you know, while we was away, so it's starting to get cold. I was told that it snowed one day while we were gone. Awesome. You know, I'm looking for a lot of it one of these days soon, you know, maybe. Uh, what I would like to do is uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, a little bit of a new thing. You know, we kind of change our direction just a little bit. You see that word up here, limitless. Actually, as you look out upon our solar system and you see the the planets, you know, Earth and Saturn and all those out there, and you look deeper and deeper and you see millions upon trillions of stars and planets and solar systems that are out there way beyond what we can even fathom. Uh, it's kind of limitless, you know. You can just go on and on, and, and who knows, God may still be creating new solar systems. It's just billions and zillions of miles and light years away from us. But so we understand a little bit of the the concept of something that is limitless it's measureless you know and uh, I want to remind you that the, the Bible tells us that our God shall supply our need your need according to his riches in glory according to his limitless riches in glory through Christ Jesus and that's just not dollars and cents but whatever it is that we have need of God is limitless he genuinely is. So I would like to share a few passages with you this morning. In uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the, the, uh, the A and to the Z, you know, everything from A to Z. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is... <laughs> who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One, the Most High, the Almighty. He is the Almighty, the limitless One, you know, and, and, and He says he, he was, He is, He is to come. He's everything that we could ever possibly need. God is unlimited. He's limitless, and his resources are limitless. In uh, Psalms 147, are you guys cool? You're perfect? Awesome. So make sure. I hear the air conditioner running. I just want to make sure they can get you too cool here. I am never too cool. Uh, Psalms 147, verse 4, it says, He counts the stars how many of you have ever as a child or even recently ever attempted to count the stars one two three four five six what's the highest number you reached 
Well, if you started when you were a baby, you would still be going today if you were 100, you know? Seriously, because they're limitless. But the Bible says he counts the stars. God counts the stars. Number one, he made them in the first place. He counts the stars, and he calls them all by name. Can you imagine a God who can create the stars, count them and know their number, and call them by an individual name, and he knows them all? And, and there are so many, they're just limitless. Our minds cannot grasp how many stars there are. He also says he knows how many hair there, hairs there are on your head. And that number has probably changed since you got up this morning. You combed your hair and you looked at your brush. Or you looked in the shower, you know, and oh, there they go, you know. But it's always changing. It says he knows. He's numbered all the hair on our head. He has numbered all the stars and he's named all the stars. I venture to say he's probably numbered and named all the, the grains of sand on the planet as well. See, God is bigger and more awesome and limitless than sometimes we even can imagine. It says here again, Psalms 147, verse 4, He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is, what's that word? Absolute. The word absolute means it's total. It's complete. It's limitless, unlimited, absolute. It's unlimited. And his understanding is beyond comprehension. His understanding of all that he has created is limitless, beyond comprehension. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, in the Message Bible, he says, Don't you know anything? Question mark. Haven't you been listening? He says, Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? Because you know, God's always speaking, and He's trying to speak to us. You know, and we understand this better than any generation has ever understood because we receive emails and texts pretty often, do we not? And God has been trying to text us for a long time, you know. Are we paying attention to what he's saying? He says here, don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of, of what? About half of the stuff that you can see. He is a creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. And then verse 29, it says, he energizes those who get tired. You ever get tired? He energizes. I know I do. He energizes those who get tired. He's talking about you and me. He energizes those who get tired, and he gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folks in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. And, and waiting upon God is, is not buying yourself a new recliner, getting you a big old box of candy or a bag of chips and sitting there with a the remote control. Hey, God, I'm here. If you ever need me, I'm, I'm just waiting for you. That ain't waiting on God. The best uh, way to understand us waiting upon God is what a waiter or a waitress does at a restaurant for you. A good waitress who gets the best tips or a waiter who gets the best tips is the one who seats you and you know finds out what you need and brings you your stuff and is remaining in readiness, watching. Oh, you don't know. Here, let me get you a new fork on that. Is everything okay? You all need something else to drink. Is there anything I can do for you? You know, checking on you often, remaining ready to serve. And that's what the scripture is talking about. To remain in readiness. And it says here uh, in verse 31. But those who wait upon God, who remain in readiness to serve, they get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. 
And you understand an eagle, once he spreads those wings and catches those thermals, no longer is he having to work. He's just got his wings out there. He's caught those thermals that are rising, and he just soars. No longer is it a strain. And he says, those who wait upon God, they get fresh strength, and they spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run, and they, they don't get tired. They walk, and they don't lag behind. The God who we serve is limitless in his strength and power, and he wants to share that limitless strength and power with his people. He genuinely does. In the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 13, it says, And then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? You remember how God had told them they are going to have a baby. And all we studied some of this not too terribly long ago about her and Abraham. But it says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Well, why did Sarah laugh? You know? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? I mean, is that something to laugh about? What if God showed up right now in this place and he spoke to all you married ladies, young and old, and he said, by this time next year, you're going to be with a baby that you gave birth to. Yes, you laugh. And that's what Sarah did. It says, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you have a problem or a difficulty or situations that you're going through, relational, financial, physical, or whatever it might be? Do you have something that's going on in your life that almost seems too difficult for God to even help you with? In verse 14 it says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything. I will return about this time next year, says God, and Sarah will have a son, and she was about 90 years old, and she did. Is anything too hard? Jeremiah 32, verse 17, it says, Ah, Lord God, exclamation mark, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arms. So understand that the heavens and the earth were created by the Almighty God, who is limitless. And he goes on to say here, there is nothing too hard or too difficult for you. Nothing. He created everything that you see and experience. And there is absolutely nothing. And he's making a declaration about that. But then that's in verse 17. But go on down to verse 27. And now he's really asking you a question. He already made a statement. But now he's asking us a question. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah 32, verse 27. He says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Now, he already knows the answer to this question. He's already declared the answer to this question. But he wants to know how you feel about it. How would you answer this question? And God says, Is there anything too hard for me? What do you say? Think about what you deal with right now in life and be realistic here. Honestly, do you believe that God is limitless? He is unlimited. He can do anything. And that's important for us to tap into his limitless provisions and supply. It's important that we believe that. And he gives us opportunity to answer this question. Is there anything too hard for me? the one who created the heavens and the earth, is there anything too hard for me? He says those who wait upon him, they'll receive fresh strength. They'll mount up with wings like an eagle. They'll, have to, they'll stop having to strain and struggle. They can catch those thermals, if you would, of the Holy Spirit and, and raise us up and, and, and help us to reach our full potential and, and be what he created us to be as we learn to wait upon him. Listen to what he says here. Familiar passage, but in Luke 137, it says, for nothing is what? Is impossible. And there's two words there you got to remember. What's the last two words of that verse? For nothing is impossible with God. With God. To be with God, to have a relationship with God, 
for nothing, no matter what the devil puts in your mind, no matter what somebody else told you, there is nothing impossible with God. He says nothing is impossible with God. The verse there ends with God. But let me read you something found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It says, with God. Now, we just read that in, in Luke there, for nothing is impossible with God. But here in Matthew, it says, with God, everything is possible. Nothing is impossible with them, and everything is possible with them. I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what any expert says. I don't care what's written in a book. I don't care what's on a television program. If it conflicts with what God says, he said there's nothing impossible with him and everything is possible with him. So let us make sure that we're with him because he is absolutely limitless. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. It says, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers. Now here's this king, he's a warrior, and he'd confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. Now see, they were at war with each other. And this prophet, this man of God, would warn the king of Israel, and he would say, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is a traitor? <clears throat> Who has been informing the king of Israel about my plans. Every time I get ready to do something, they beat me there, or they're not there when they were supposed to be there. It's like one of you is telling all the secrets as soon as they get out, and they're always outsmarting us. Verse 12. <clears throat> it's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, he tells the king of Israel, even the words that you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. The prophet, he knows, and he's telling the king of Israel all these details ahead of you. That's why all your plans are being foiled. Verse 13, it says, Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the, record, and the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. <clears throat> so one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. We got you. And when the servant of the man of God, he had a servant who traveled with him, kind of carried his luggage, you know, and started his fire, fixed his breakfast and things like that. So when the servant, this young man, the servant of the man of God, got up early the next morning and he went outside, there were troops and Horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, look out here. Look, look what's going on. Oh, no. Verse 16. Don't be afraid. And I'm sure Elisha had a smile on his face. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. <clears throat> now, this young servant who's kind of new at learning God's ways, he goes back in and he goes, okay, Elisha's one, I'm two. Well, here, let me start with me. I'm one, Elisha's two. One, two, one, okay. So there's two of us. And he goes outside, he goes, one, two, three, and he gets to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. He cannot figure the math out here, you know. This is some of that new math, I suppose. You know, because he's saying here, Elisha told him, verse 16, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And then Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, open. Somebody a servant, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillsides, the mountains all around about him there, all around Elisha, was filled with horses and chariots of fire. This was angelic 
warriors with their swords and their chariots that were blazing a fire. The horses were blazing a fire. This was angelic beings, a frightful sight if they were coming against you. But see, he couldn't see that. God is limitless. We so often focus on the natural, do we not? And the Bible says, well, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen with the natural eye. For the things that are seen are temporary. Things change like that, don't they? You know, you can paint this uh, building and it looks beautiful compared to what it once was. You can change the outside. You can, you can do anything. Things change around us. The weather. So we don't focus so much on the temporal things. <clears throat> it goes on here. It says, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. And then Elisha went out and told them, here he is, Elisha. He walks out there to this massive army with soldiers and chariots and horses. He says, hey guys, you're at the wrong place. That's exactly what he did. It says in verse 19, then Elijah went out and he told him, you've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me. And he's walking. These guys are horses. He says, follow me and I'll take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. And as soon as they had entered Samaria, now this is where their enemy warriors are at, the warriors of Israel, Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. That they had become prisoners, you know. Elisha led them there single-handedly. Let me tell you something. God is limitless. And those who are close to him and, and know him and live, you know, with the heartbeat of God, you become limitless because God's desire is to share his limitless resources and power with his children. And it says here, so the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw this, well, he was overjoyed, you know. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, oh, my father, he had great respect for the man of God, my father, uh, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Should I? Should I? You know, he was ready to slay them right there. And then verse 22, of course not, Elijah replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? It showed you right there that they were considered prisoners of war. He said, do we can kill prisoners of war? And Elisha says, you give them some food and drink and, and then send them home again to their master. That's what Elijah said. Because he knew what had happened right now would change their outlook on things. When one man could overpower a whole army, so the king made a great feast for them and then sent them on their home to their master. And after that, the army raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Wonder why? Because they knew that Elisha and God was a majority and they could overpower the whole massive army. So they stayed away from them after that because God was with them. And see, nothing is impossible with God. And everything is possible with God. Let us make it a point that we live with God and live close to God because God is limitless and he delights in sharing his limitless power and resources with his children. It's just the way it is. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, my purpose is to get down on my knees. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. Paul says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father. Verse 15. This magnificent, limitless Father. Verse 15. This magnificent, limitless Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I mean, he's created that for us to enjoy. And, and Paul says, my response is to get down on my knees to pray before the Father, the magnificent Father, who parcels out all heaven and earth, and I ask him to strengthen you. And he was praying for the people of that day, but his prayers go way beyond it. He was praying for us. Do you understand how that works? Is it possible to pray for another generation? I know the reason I'm here today is because my grandfather 
who died when I was one year old. He was a godly man. He actually did some preaching and teaching, things like that. And I know him and my grandmother prayed for me. And I pray now for my grandchildren, my great, 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 great grandchildren. I won't be around at that point in time. But see, you can pray for generations to come. And anyhow, the prayers of Paul, they reach down to us today. And he says, I ask him, this magnificent father, to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, just, you know, big fancy muscles to show off to somebody. He says, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. The kind of strength that is found in Christ Jesus. He says, I pray that you'll have this glorious inner strength and that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. See, Christ will never force his way into your life or your family. Have you invited Christ into your life? Have you invited Christ into your family? That's a different question. Have you invited Christ into your finances? Have you invited Christ into your health, you know, plan? Have you invited Christ into your business, into to, to, to your work? Have you invited, there's so many areas that we must invite Christ into He'll not barge in. It says here, verse 17, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, that you'll be able to take in, with all the Christians, you'll be able to take in the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. You'll begin to understand and realize the, the, the fullness of Christ's love, and you'll reach out and experience the, the breadth and test the length and plumb the depths and, and raise to the heights of God's love. Verse 19 says, and, and live full lives. Are you living a full life right now, or do you feel like there's something missing? You know, you need to get with God and live a full life. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. And here's the verse I've been trying to get to. Verse 20, God can do, what's that word? God can do anything, anything. Now, there are some people who might have set you down and said, well, now, that's kind of outdated, and the Bible don't really mean this, that, and another, and, and this kind of, it's like, hogwash. God can do anything. He is absolutely limitless. He is unlimited. And he can do anything. God can do anything, you know. Listen to this. Far more than you could ever imagine. Now, I've got a pretty good imagination. You know, I really do. But he says that God can do anything. He can do far more than I can imagine or even guess or request in your wildest dreams. So just for a moment, I want you to imagine the areas in your life right now that you have a need of. Maybe relational, might be physical, might be financial, whatever area that you have a need, okay? And I want you just for a moment to imagine. And maybe if it's dollars and cents, you're imagining more money than you can spend in 10 lifetimes, all right? Whatever it might be, whether it's health or whether it's relational, I want you to imagine just for a moment that it's just bigger and more awesome and your needs are met abundantly beyond what you can. Can you imagine that for just a moment? That all kinds of good stuff is happening. Can you do that? Okay, that was about half of you. What about the rest of you guys? You can? All right, imagine it for a moment. Just imagine that, okay? Imagine all those wonderful good things coming your way, all right? Now let me read this verse again. Y'all tried to imagine that? He says here, God can do anything, you know. Far more. Say far more. Far more than you could ever imagine. So whatever you imagined a while ago, God can do far more than that. And I don't care how good your imagination was, God can do far more than that. You might go to God and go, God, this week I, I really need, I need $14.93. I, I, you know, and God is not limited. He's not going to well, I have to put a couple of angels off, off of duty this week because I got to supply the need of one of my kids down there, 14 that. No! God is limitless. And God wants you to dream big. He wants you to dream big and he wants you to pray big. 
You're praying for people to come to know Christ, other countries to come to know Christ. You know, family members, loved ones, you're praying that needs be met and bodies be healed and, 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 and provisions made. Dream big. Imagine big. Request big. Listen to what he says here. Verse 20, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine, far more than you could ever guess, far more than you could request in your wildest dreams. Does that sound pretty limitless to you? Woo! You mean I'm not asking for too much? No way. God wants you to dream big. He wants you to have great expectations. He wants his limitless power to flow into you and through you and touch people's lives, turning on a light in them, healing bodies, providing their needs. God is limitless. God's not like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I know you're kind of, we're getting to the, the end of all humanity, and I'm running out of material stuff, so y'all just going to have to take a few leftovers. No! God is limitless. He is absolutely unlimited. Anyhow, let me read it one more time. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing us around, but by working where? By working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. And that's what he wants to do, work with us and within us. He wants his limitless power and his limitless love and resources to flow into and out through us. James chapter 1 verse 22 it says, but don't just listen to God's word. Now is it important to listen to the Bible? He says, but don't just listen to God's word. It's important, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Other translation says deceiving, tricking yourself. When you hear what the Bible says, oh, that's really good. That's really wonderful. That's nice to know that, but then you never act upon it. Then you're deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're the biggest fool of all. To think, well, just hearing it is enough. What if you hear what a doctor says? Now, you take two of these and it will cure you completely. Wow, this is wonderful. Dr. Zach, take two of these and I'll be completely cured. This is fantastic. And you tell everybody about it. And you heard it, but you never take it. Is listening enough? No. We've got to do. And he says here in James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Now, how many of you have ever eaten a hot dog? Got a bun, and maybe, I don't know if you do it like we do in the South, but you put all kinds of stuff, you can load one up, man. I mean, all kinds of stuff, and you can have mustard and onions and slaw, and you can have sour cream. You can, you can just load that rascal up. Have you ever had a hot dog? I haven't had any breakfast. I'm getting hungry thinking about this. Mm. And then you take a big bite of this hot dog. Mm. And the mustard runs all over your face and runs down your face. And then you're leaving the, the little hot dog stand there and, and you see your face in, the, in a window there in a shopping plaza there and you see the mustard all over your face and all, oh wow, and then you walk away. Can you imagine that for a moment? Listen to what the scripture says. <clears throat> Verse 23, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror, seeing the mustard, you know? You see yourself, and you walk away and forget what you look like. Can you imagine going through your whole day, dealing with all your customers or all your fellow workers or whatever? You got mustard all over your face and all over your shirt because you just forgot it. The Bible says when you listen to the word and you don't act upon it, it's like looking at your face in the mirror and forgetting what you look like. That's what he said right there. And he says here <clears throat> in verse 25, but... If you look carefully into the perfect law, some of God's word, that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, then God, limitless God, will bless you for doing it. 
God and his limitless power will bless you in a limitless way and share his limitless power with you when you not only hear what he says, but you act upon what he says. Did you know that limitless God can be limited in your life? Listen to what it says in Psalms 78, verse 40. It says, how often <clears throat> they provoked him. Talking about God. How often, you know, the, the nation of Israel, as they were coming out of the bondages of slavery down there in Egypt, coming toward the promised land, how often they provoked him in the wilderness, and they grieved God in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God, and what's that word? <clears throat> and they limited God. They limited, <clears throat> excuse me, the Holy One of Israel. They limited God by their disbelief. They limited God by their disobedience. They limited God by not doing what God had said. And you and I can limit God from working in our own lives. We can limit his power and his resources from coming to us. And we can look at us and say, well, how come they're so blessed and they're this and that, that? We can limit God by how you think and the privacy and the secrecy of your own mind. You might not ever told a lifting soul, but deep down inside you're going, well, he'd never do that for me. You're calling God a liar. Well, that would never happen for me, or that stuff is outdated. That would never happen. And we disobey him. We, don't, we can smile, but we really don't do what he says. We can limit the limitless God's power and strength from impacting us because of our own disbelief, our disobedience, and our doing nothing when we know what to do. He says here, yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. And they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zon. They forgot. They forgot all about God. Have we forgot what God has done? Have we forgot what God has said to us and therefore limit God from working into our life? In, in the book of Revelation, it says, Jesus is talking. He says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. Do you believe that? I, I believe that. Could he blow the door open? Absolutely, but he won't. He says, I stand there and I'm knocking. If you open the door, I'll come in. But if you don't open the door and invite Christ in, you limit his forgiving power from ever reaching your soul. You limit his resources and his provision his healings and, and all that. When, when, when you don't believe or don't act upon what he says, although he says, I'm knocking at your door, he can blow the door down. Sure he could, but he's chosen not to. He says, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. I'll save you. I'll forgive you. I'll meet your every need. The limitless God comes into your life, but we can limit him as far as our life is concerned. Have you been limiting God by your thoughts? Have you been limiting God by not knowing his ways? we got to find out what he's talking about here, see. Have we been limiting him? Uh, let me see. I think i got one more verse I want to share with you. Listen to what it says here. Listen to Philippians 4.13. And I'm going to read it to you. Uh, you all know what it says in, in so many translations, but I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible. Listen to what Philippians 4.13 says. It says, Whatever I have, comma, wherever I am, comma, I can make it through anything in the one, so my Christ, I can make it through anything in a relationship with the one who makes me who I am. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Uh, would you read these three words with me? Whatever I have. And the next three. Wherever I am. I can make it through anything. In the one. 
who makes me who I am. I can make it through anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens me. With God, <laughs> everything's possible. But there's nothing impossible with God. Now I want you to, we're going to look at one real quick little video clip that came out of the move through facing the giants. And here's the coach talking to one of his football players, but I want you to kind of make a little supernatural transposition here, and I want you to imagine God challenging you to tap into his limitless power and that you can do a whole lot more than you think you can. Let's look at this together. Have an open heart. Dude. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> What, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Am I the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's I'm, heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. You're back. Don't stop. Keep going. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit. No. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Brock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. Go, Brock Kelly. You don't quit on me. No, you keep going. You keep going. Go, Brock. Ten more steps. Ten more. Ten more. Ten more. Keep going. Don't quit. Give me your heart. You can. You can. Five more. Five more. Come on, Brock. Come on. Don't quit. Don't 
player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. What is it, Jeremy? I want a 160. count on you did you see that they blindfolded the guy because what we look at with our natural eye it causes us to limit God quite often that's why the scripture says while we look not at the things which are seen you know if he had had that blindfold off when he had got to the 50 he would have quit so don't look at the natural circumstances and then limit God look at his word Keep your eyes on Jesus. Tap into his limitless power like the eagle catches those thermals and it raises him up. Become a leader. Don't go around living a defeated life. Tap into God's amazing, limitless power and strength and resources. Reach your full potential. Don't believe the lie that the devil whispers in your ear that you can't. It says in Philippians 4.13, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can make it through anything through the one who makes me who I am. Tap into that limitless resource with Almighty God. Bow your heads with me if you would. Father, we thank you for your word. And help us, Father, to look to you. Help us to look to your word. Look to your son. Help us, almighty God, not to put too much credibility in the circumstances that are around about us because we know, oh God, as we pray and as we seek your face, those circumstances can change. Lord, we have been led to believe that when we're with you, we make a majority. The same way Elisha with you outnumbered a massive army. So work it in our hearts today to take your word to our heart where we'll not only hear it, listen to it, but we'll become men and women who act upon it and do it. And we choose this day to release all the limitations that we've ever put on you with doubt and worry and fear. We release those limitations that we put on you through unbelief and disobedience. And we choose to be your man. We choose to be your woman today. We want to reach our full potential. We want your limitless power to flow into us and out through us. As our heads are bowed, I'd ask you to join me in a simple prayer to reaffirm our faith in an awesome God. If you're here today and you've never welcomed Christ into your life as Savior, would you join us today? Would you surrender your life to him? and tap into all he has for you. Can we pray together right now, together? Join me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that your power is limitless and you delight to share it with us. I open my heart right now and I receive Jesus 
as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King. I believe he died for me, and I believe he rose from the dead. I'm sorry for my sinful ways, and I turn from those things today, and I choose to live my life for you. I choose this day to access your limitless resources, your limitless love, your limitless power, and that it will flow in and through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before we leave, I'd like you to, uh, if you would, to take a, a glance at your uh, weekly challenge. And it just simply says this. And if you agree with it, check it off, drop it in the tithe box. It simply says this. I will daily meditate on this passage. It's Philippians 4.13 in the Message Bible, which says, Whatever I have... Wherever I am, I can make it through anything and the one who makes me who I am. If you will say, I'm going to read that at least once a day and I'm going to think about it and chew on it all day long, if you agree to do that every day this coming week, just check it off there and drop it in the tithe box. I think the, the weekly challenges is also in your bulletin so you can have a copy of it for your own self. But it's Philippians 4.13 in the Message Bible. Listen, if you prayed with me just now, you welcome Christ into your life as your Savior. Uh, and the uh, Connections desk on the way back out, we got a little gift bag for you. There's a, a Bible, a movie, and some other little goodies that I believe would inspire your faith. It's free. Just let them know that you like that bag I was talking about. They'll give it to you. If you're a guest, we have another little gift for all of our guests. One of our ways of saying thanks for being here today, and we hope you come back. And there'll be some folks right now around the altar who would love to pray with you. And I'm telling you that we pray to a limitless God, and he can surely answer our prayers. So if you need some prayer, please take advantage of that. And then on your way out, would you shake hands with somebody that you don't know, get to know somebody, get reacquainted with somebody you had not seen in a long time. God bless you. You are dismissed.